0: Volume 2, Part 19 of Herodotus' Histories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Graham Redman. Histories, Volume 2 by Herodotus of Halicarnassus. Translated by A. D. Godley. VOLUME 2 PART 19 Such is the tale of the choice among the suitors, and thus the fame of the Alcmeonides resounded throughout Hellas. From this marriage was born that Cleisthenes, named after his mother's father from Sicyon, who gave the Athenians their tribes and their democracy. He and Hippocrates were born to Machicles. Hippocrates was father of another Megacles and another Agoristi, called after Agoristi, who was Cleisthenes' daughter. She was married to Xanthippus, son of Eryphron, and when she was pregnant she saw in her sleep a vision in which she thought she gave birth to a lion. In a few days she bore Xanthippus, a son, Pericles. After the Persian disaster at Marathon, the reputation of Miltiades, already great at Athens, very much increased. He asked the Athenians for seventy ships, an army, and money, not revealing against what country he would lead them, but saying that he would make them rich if they followed him. He would bring them to a country from which they could easily carry away an abundance of gold so he said when he asked for the ships. The Athenians were induced by these promises, and granted his request. Miltiades took his army and sailed for Paros, on the pretext that the Parians had brought this on themselves by first sending triremes with the Persian fleet to Marathon. Such was the pretext of his argument, but he had a grudge against the Parians, because Lysagoras, son of Tisias, a man of Parian descent, had slandered him to Hydanes, the Persian. When he reached his voyage's destination, Miltiades, with his army, drove the Parians inside their walls and besieged them. He sent in a herald and demanded a hundred talents, saying that if they did not give it to him, his army would not return home before it had stormed their city. The Parians had no intention of giving Miltiades any money at all, and they contrived how to defend their city. They did this by building their wall at night to double its former height where it was most assailable, and also by other devices. All the Greeks tell the same story up to this point. After this, the Parians themselves say that the following happened. As Miltiades was in a quandary, a captive woman named Timo, Parian by birth and an under-priestess of the goddesses of the dead, came to talk with him. Coming before Miltiades, she advised him, if taking Paros was very important to him, to do whatever she suggested then following her advice he passed through to the hill in front of the city and jumped over the fence of the precinct of demeter the lawgiver since he was unable to open the door after leaping over he went to the shrine whether to move something that should not be moved or with some other intention when he was right at the doors he was immediately seized with panic and hurried back by the same route leaping down from the wall he twisted his thigh but some say he hit his knee so miltiades sailed back home in a sorry condition neither bringing money for the athenians nor having won peros he had besieged the town for twenty-six days and ravaged the island the perians learnt that timo the underpriestess of the goddesses had been miltiades guide and desired to punish her for this. Since they now had respite from the siege, they sent messengers to Delphi to ask if they should put the under-priestess to death for guiding their enemies to the capture of her native country, and for revealing to Miltiades the rites that no male should know. But the Pythian priestess forbade them, saying that Timo was not responsible, Miltiades was doomed to make a bad end, and an apparition had led him in these evils. Such was the priestess' reply to the Parians. The Athenians had much to say about Miltiades on his return from Peros, especially Xanthippus, son of Eryphron, who prosecuted Miltiades before the people for deceiving the Athenians, and called for the death penalty. Miltiades was present, but could not speak in his own defence, since his thigh was festering. He was laid before the court on a couch, and his friends spoke for him, often mentioning the fight at Marathon and the conquest of Lemnos, how Miltiades had punished the Pelasgians and taken Lemnos, delivering it to the Athenians. The people took his side as far as not condemning him to death, but they find him fifty talents for his wrongdoing. Miltiades later died of gangrene and rot in his thigh, and the fifty talents were paid by his son Simon. Miltiades' son of Simon took possession of Lemnos in this way. When the Pelasgians were driven out of Attica by the Athenians, whether justly or unjustly I cannot say beyond what is told, namely that Hecateus, the son of Hegis declares in his history that the act was unjust, for when the Athenians saw the land under Hymetus, formerly theirs, which they had given to the Pelasgians as a dwelling-place in reward for the wall that had once been built around the Acropolis, when the Athenians saw how well this place was tilled, which previously had been bad and worthless, they were envious and coveted the land, and so drove the Pelasgians out on this and no other pretext. But the Athenians themselves say that their reason for expelling the Pelasgians was just, the Pelasgians set out from their settlement at the foot of Hymettus and wronged the Athenians in this way. Neither the Athenians nor any other Hellenes had servants yet at that time, and their sons and daughters used to go to the nine wells for water, and whenever they came, the Pelasgians maltreated them out of mere arrogance and pride. And this was not enough for them, Finally they were caught in the act of planning to attack Athens. The Athenians were much better men than the Pelasgians, since when they could have killed them, caught plotting as they were, they would not do so, but ordered them out of the country. The Pelasgians departed and took possession of Lemnos besides other places. This is the Athenian story, The other is told by Hecateus. These Pelasgians dwelt at that time in Lemnos and desired vengeance on the Athenians. Since they well knew the time of the Athenian festivals, they acquired fifty oared ships and set an ambush for the Athenian women celebrating the festival of Artemis at Broron, They seized many of the women, then sailed away with them and brought them to Lemnos to be their concubines. These women bore more and more children, and they taught their sons the speech of Attica and Athenian manners. These boys would not mix with the sons of the Pelasgian women. If one of them was beaten by one of the others, they would all run to his aid and help each other, These boys even claimed to rule the others and were much stronger. When the Pelasgians perceived this, they took counsel together. It troubled them much in their deliberations to think what the boys would do when they grew to manhood if they were resolved to help each other against the sons of the lawful wives and attempted to rule them already. Thereupon the Pelasgians resolved to kill the sons of the Attic women. They did this, and then killed the boys' mothers also. From this deed, and the earlier one which was done by the women when they killed their own husbands who were Thoas' companions, a Lemnian crime has been a proverb in Hellas for any deed of cruelty. But when the Pelasgians had murdered their own sons and women, their land brought forth no fruit, nor did their wives and their flocks and herds bear offspring as before. Crushed by hunger and childlessness, they sent to Delphi to ask for some release from their present ills. The Pythian priestess ordered them to pay the Athenians whatever penalty the Athenians themselves judged. The Pelasgians went to Athens, and offered to pay the penalty for all their wrongdoing. The Athenians set in their town-hall a couch adorned as finely as possible, and placed beside it a table covered with all manner of good things, then ordered the Pelasgians to deliver their land to them in the same condition. The Pelasgians answered, We will deliver it when a ship with a north wind accomplishes the voyage from your country to ours in one day. They supposed that this was impossible, since Attica is far to the south of Lemnos. At the time that was all, but a great many years later, when the Cursonis on the Hellespont was made subject to Athens, Miltiades, son of Simon, accomplished the voyage from Elias on the Cursonese to Lemnos with the Aetesian winds then constantly blowing. He proclaimed that the Pelasgians must leave their island, reminding them of the oracle which the Pelasgians thought would never be fulfilled. The Hephaestians obeyed, but the Myrhenians would not agree that the Cursonese was Attica, and were besieged until they too submitted. Thus did Miltiades and the Athenians take possession of Lemnos. End of Volume 2, Part 19. End of Herodotus' Histories, Volume 2, translated by A. D. Godley. Recording by Graham Redman.